the 17th chapter. <coughs> Praise God. Amen. Can you hear me okay out there? All right. All right, the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis. I thank the Lord for His direction uh, to us to go through the Bible again, beginning with the book of Genesis. I think for, for myself and, and probably for you, one time through is not enough <clears throat> because we forget so much. Uh, but going back through the Word of the Lord has really, really, it's starting to come together for me. It really is. I am starting to understand it like I've never understood it before. Just like all the pieces of the puzzle are beginning to come together. Amen. So I'm very excited uh, this morning to be able to go through the Word of the Lord again. And we tried to set a goal to go through the whole Word of God in one year. That's not going to happen. I mean, I'm trying to move fast through the Bible, but they're just too much, and I won't make it in a year. Amen. But hopefully we'll make it in five years instead of 20. <laughs> it took us 20 years to get through the Bible the first time, and, and so maybe this time it'll take us five years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord willing, I'm just going to be in one chapter this morning, which will make some of you happy. <laughs> My son asked me last night, he said, Daddy, are you going to preach from Genesis to Revelation tomorrow? <clears throat> I just look at him, you know. So it won't be from Genesis to Revelation. I might preach some out of Genesis and go to Revelation, but it won't be the whole Bible. Okay, so some of y'all will be glad and happy about that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis. When Abraham was 90 years old and nine, he's 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am by the Almighty God, or El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Amen. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful and will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. And we'll stop reading there. Father, we thank you right now for your awesome presence. Thank you, God, once again for life, for salvation, for the truth, for the word of God. We ask, Lord, that you speak to us through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The 17th chapter of the book of Genesis, the word covenant is mentioned 13 times. So the focus of the chapter is obviously the covenant that God made with Abraham. Uh, we go back to the 16th chapter in verse 16, and the Bible says, And Abram 
was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. Then we go to chapter 17, verse 1. The Bible says he's 99 years old. So between the last verse of the previous chapter and the first verse of the 17th chapter, 13 to 14 years have passed. So it's important for us to look at the date of things. How much time has elapsed between the 16th chapter and the 17th chapter? At this point, Ishmael has been born and Ishmael is 13 years of age. That shows you it's important to pay attention to those time frames, the dates here. 86 years old when Hagar, the Bible says, bear Ishmael and then he's 99 years old in the next verse. So that's a long period of time. That's 13 to 14 years between the last verse of the previous chapter and the first verse of this chapter. Amen. Y'all with me here? God begins to reveal to Abram the covenant. Now in the 15th chapter, uh, we saw God uh, entering the covenant with Abraham, that blood covenant, the parts of the animals, they were cut in half, passed through those parts, the furnace and the lamp passed through those parts and Abraham was in a deep sleep and so God entered into a covenant with Abraham it's called the Abrahamic covenant it's unconditional Abraham was put to sleep and the lamp and the furnace passed through the pieces the lamp is the Messiah the lamp is the Lord Jesus Christ and so what God was showing Abraham that through Abraham the Messiah would come the lamp that passed through the pieces so God had entered into covenant with Abraham, a blood covenant. But the details of that covenant did not come to Abraham until 13 to 14 years later. I want you to think about that. This teaches you the progressive revelation of God. See, uh, when we get to this chapter here in the 17th chapter, this is the fifth time that God has appeared to Abraham. It's the fifth time. And you would think that the first time that God appeared to Abraham, that Abraham received everything that he needed from God. People don't understand. They can have mighty, mighty experiences with God, but that doesn't mean that they have all the revelation of truth that they need. And so Abraham was in covenant with God. 13 to 14 years have passed before God comes to him and reveals to him details of that covenant. This teaches you and it teaches me that the revelation that God gives us comes to us progressively over a period of time. So we are to never think that we have everything we need. Amen. That we know everything. And that's the problem with many people that are in the church today. They have powerful experiences with God and they think that's everything they need. But if we look at the word of the Lord, it was 13 to 14 years between... Uh, God's revealing to Abraham the blood covenant before God even brings the details of that covenant. So we need to understand that God always has more truth for us. Are you thankful for that today? That is a progressive revelation of God that comes to us. And even though you may have very, very powerful experiences with God so that even God may appear to you in manifestation in a theophany, a visible appearance of God, God may appear to you in those manifestations. Amen? You understand? Now it's in the body of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean that I have everything that I need. 
there is more of the covenant that God has for us that we, you know, praise the Lord, may not understand. And it may be years, although it's revealed to us by His Word, I no longer have to wait for that revelation to come. It's revealed to us by His Word. It may be years before I understand the details of that covenant. So 13 to 14 years after God has entered into the covenant with Abraham, He brings details of the covenant. He's going to show Abraham, this is what is required of you in the covenant. Because God had already entered into the covenant with Abraham. It was unconditional. Abraham was asleep. He didn't have anything to do with it. Amen? God, God's the one that took it on Himself to enter into that covenant with Abraham. But now God is saying, 14 years later, because I'm in covenant with you, this is what is required of you in the covenant. Amen. You with me here today? Are you thankful for the revelation of God that comes to you? That is progressive. We, it is so important for you to get that. Amen. It, it, it may seem like some basic, simple thing. But I'm trying to show you that it was 13 to 14 years before God revealed the details of the covenant with Abraham. Amen. So never get to a place where you think you know everything. Never get to a place that you don't think that God can reveal more to you. And so we see that uh, in this chapter, at the beginning of this chapter. And the Bible says when Abram, notice he's not Abraham yet. He said Abram was 90 years old and nine. He's almost 100 years old. The Lord, or yod heh vav -Hey, say yod heh vav -Hey. That's the Hebrew letters... We see Lord all capitalized. The Hebrew is yod heh vav -Hey, sometimes pronounced Yahweh. Okay? yod heh vav -Hey, the covenant God, the one who has revealed himself to Abraham as a covenant God, is coming to Abraham. yod heh vav -Hey. Say with me. yod heh vav -Hey. Very important for us to see that. Say it again. yod heh Vav Hey. It's Yod Hey Vav Hey that is appearing to Abraham and giving him the details of the covenant. Now, he gives Abraham in this fifth appearance to Abraham uh, details of the covenant. So Yod Hey Vav Hey appeared to Abram. Say he appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am El Shaddai. The English is the Almighty God. El Shaddai. El, the God of power. Shaddai. Are uh, you with me? Probably it's, it. you know, when people, the linguistics, try to trace these things, these words. Shaddai. They say shadu, uh, shadadu. Shadadu. Akkadian word means overpowering. So he is El, the God of power, who is an overpowering God, Shad-du, in the Akkadian. The Hebrew root is Shad, which means the breasted one. So God comes to him, and God doesn't have breast, but he reveals himself to Abraham as the God who provides for his people like a breasted mother provides for her children and nourishes them and takes care of them. Say amen. So the God of covenant, yod heh vav -Hey, his name in the Old Testament, comes to him and says, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of power who overpowers. 
I am the God who is the one that supplies or provides. The Lord my provider. And he's showing Abraham that he can provide like nobody can provide. Nobody can provide like God. Amen? Y'all believe that? He is a supernatural God that provides for His people supernaturally. And when God does things, it will cause people's eyes to pop out. That's what the word wonder means. Amen? It means A wonder means something you cannot explain. It's supernatural. It's a miracle. And this is the kind of God that I serve and the kind of God that you serve. He's El Shaddai. He's a supernatural provider. He can provide overpoweringly. He's El, the God of power, who provides overpoweringly supernatural provision in so much so that it will cause people to wonder in amazement. It'll cause their eyes to pop out because they can't figure it out. Where did this provision come from? It comes from El Shaddai, the God who is a God of power but overpowers even that. He's the breasted one in a sense spiritually that He provides for His people. So when you see God provide, when you see God bring provision, it will cause people to wonder. It'll cause their eyes to pop out in amazement. Hallelujah. Amen. Are y'all with me here today? And just real quickly, and I'm not going to get into details, but I had a chance yesterday to witness to a man. Amen? Praise the Lord. And he's, he's a, a successful businessman uh, in Odessa, Texas, in this area. And I got a chance to witness to this man, you know, because he was in wonder and amazement at, at the provisions of God in my life. And I told him, I said, you know, because the anointing was there, and I wasn't bragging. I was bragging on God, not myself. But I told him this. I said, I want you to continue to wonder in amazement at what God has done in my life. Because I can't take the credit for it. I can give you my testimony. I can tell you, amen, certain things. But I can't take credit for it. So I just looked at him and I said, just be in wonder and amazement when you look at me. Because I said, I am a miracle of God. A miracle of God. Hallelujah. And it's manifestly present before him. He can see the miracle. He can see the provision. And he's trying to figure out, how did this happen? How did this happen? And I said, because my God, my God is a, is a supernatural God. And I'm walking in supernatural provision and supernatural blessings. He's the El, the God of power, Shaddai, who overpowers. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. So anything I have, I give God the glory. Any wisdom that I have, I give God the glory. Any decisions that I've made in my life, Amen. That has helped me get where I am. I give God the glory. Anything. It's all supernatural. He's the God of power who is overpowering. He's the God of provision. Supernatural provision. And when it comes to Abraham, Abraham cannot produce this thing naturally. Amen. He can't produce a child naturally. He's about 100 years old. His wife's going to be 90 when they have this child. It's a supernatural child. She's beyond the, the, the time of childbearing naturally. So what God is going to do, He's telling them... The way it's going to happen, the way you're going to have a child is not through natural processes. It's going to be supernatural. Amen. Are you here with me right now? Abraham, you're 100 and Sarah's barren. Hallelujah. You're beyond the ability to produce this child naturally. So God is saying, don't look at that because I'm the God of power who can overpower. 
I'm the God that can come and provide a, a child for you when you can't produce it for yourself. He's a miracle worker. Are y'all with me here today? Give the Lord praise. It's like my wife said this morning, God can take care of anything. The people of God, if you walk by faith, you should never get down and depressed and discouraged because you know that God is your God. God, if you are in covenant with God, God will provide for you if you trust Him. I'm just saying, I don't know how this is going to happen. Well, you're looking at natural things. If you're in covenant with God, get ready for supernatural events to take place in your life overpowering blessing to come to your life. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think some of you live beyond or below what God wants to do for you. Amen? And sometimes you've got to be willing to step out in faith. You've got to be willing to make some decisions to go beyond where you are. Amen? But some of you are just, you're just willing to settle for where you are and you're not willing to take the risk or step out in faith to get anywhere further than that. But I'm telling you, the God that I serve is the God of power who overpowers. He works supernaturally. And I'm not telling you to do something stupid. I'm just telling you when God speaks to you, whatever He speaks to you, do it. Did you hear what I said? Give the Lord praise in this house. Whatever you got to do to test it, all right? Whatever you got to do to test it. But if God tells you to do it, do it. Even though it's beyond your ability, say, God is able. God is my provider. He's El Shaddai. Hallelujah. See, a lot of people get all bent out of shape when they see other people blessed. You know why? Because they're not willing to step out and, and obey the word of God that came to them to bring them out of their place. Hallelujah to the Lamb. God's going to test your faith. He's going to tell you to step out and to believe Him for, amen, hallelujah to the Lamb, for more than where you are right now. Because that's the kind of God. And God gets honored when you step out in faith and you believe God for supernatural things based on a word that He gave you, a promise that He gave you. I believe my God. He is able, He's able, He's able, He's able. How many of y'all believe that today? And what I'm telling you will preach anywhere in the world. It's not an American preaching. It's not an American gospel that I'm preaching. This will preach all over the world. If you will walk with God in covenant, He will step into barren places. Sarah was barren and Abraham was beyond the ability to give birth to a child. He will step in barren places, this covenant God, and he will overpower situations. Hallelujah to the Lamb, because that's the kind of God that we serve. If we'll hear his word and we'll obey his word and we'll walk in faith before him, God will do things that you could never do for yourself. He'll work miracles for you. Obviously that you could not work for yourself because he is yod he the God of covenant, but he's El Shaddai, the powerful God who overpowers. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is my provider. I'm just encouraging you today. Some of you are living way below what God wants for you because you're not stepping out in faith. I'm not preaching a name it, claim it message. Are y'all with me here today? I'm preaching to you the word of God. And God's going to step in and say, I'm going to give you a child that you can't produce yourself. It's going to be supernatural by a God who's powerful, who overpowers. How many of y'all believe the word of the Lord this morning?
I'm going to step into barren situations. And I'm going to bring life into that situation. Hallelujah. See, some of y'all are just content to live with all your troubles and all your problems and all your mess. God doesn't want you to live like that. He doesn't want you living in mess and confusion. Hallelujah. The wicked are the ones who cannot find rest. They're like the troubled sea always casting up dirt and mire in their life. That's not what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to be like a troubled sea that cannot rest. Always casting up dirt and mire in your life. God wants to bless your life. He wants to give you rest. He wants to give you peace. Amen. And when you walk with God and supernatural miracles and provision are coming to your life, I'm going to tell you something. The people know that. They see that. Hallelujah. And they stand in wonder and amazement because when they look at you, it does not equate. Hallelujah. Are y'all hearing me right now? They look at you and they say, I don't understand how in the world this can possibly be. My God is El Shaddai. He's the powerful God that overpowers. Hallelujah. He can step into a barren situation, a barren nation. He can step into drought situations. Hallelujah. And bring something powerful and birth and alive, not dead. I said alive and not dead. Out of the dead womb of Sarah and bring life to a dead womb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Sarah's womb has to die. And Abraham has to be beyond the ability to produce a child naturally because we cannot pass that fallen nature of Adam on any further. It's got to be a supernatural, almost like a virgin birth kind of a thing, although Sarah wasn't a virgin born, wasn't a virgin. It's almost like a virgin born kind of son. Amen. Like Jesus would be. He's going to be a supernatural son. Hallelujah. Not my natural process, but supernatural as the Spirit of God comes upon Abraham and Sarah when they don't have the ability to produce a child. A supernatural son will be born so that the fallen nature of Adam can be bypassed. Hallelujah. Because through Abraham and Sarah, Messiah will come. And Messiah will not have the fallen nature of Adam. Give the Lord praise in this house. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I believe. I'm not just preaching to you a sermon. I believe what I preach. I said I believe what I preach. How many of y'all believe God? Amen. If you take God in His Word, if you walk in the covenant with God, when God speaks to you about certain things and certain promises, sometimes you have to wait patiently on God to perform it. And your dream has to die before it becomes a reality. But when it dies, then God says, Now I'm coming beyond your strength. I'm coming. I'm going to give you my strength and my power. And I'm going to do what you can't do for yourself. In the name of Jesus, I feel an anointing on me now to tell you that there's so much more for you than you have ever experienced in your life. And see, some of you think that you have a revelation of God. All the revelation you need, God's going to show you more. He's got more for you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And you need to understand something that promise is connected to the seed. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If you want the promise to be fulfilled, it's connected to the seed. Do y'all believe what I'm telling you right now? 
So this awesome God appears to Abraham the fifth time in chapter 17 in verse 1. And this is the number of grace. Say grace. And 13 to 14 years have passed. Now God's going to come and give more details about himself and also about what he's going to do in this covenant and what is required of Abraham. Are y'all hearing the word of the Lord? Now if you want to know when he appeared to Abraham before, very quickly, in the 12th chapter... The first time God appeared to Abraham was when he was Ur of the Chaldees, 12 and 1. Amen? 12, 7, the first time. All right, 12, 1 and 7. And then the 13th chapter in verse 14, the second time he appeared to Abraham. Are y'all with me here? Are y'all awake? Okay. If you're awake, say amen. All right, first time, 12, 1. Second time, 12, 7. Third time, 13, chapter 13 and verse 14. Fourth time, chapter 15, and the fifth time, chapter 17. So when God appears to Abraham and reveals himself, he's coming to him the fifth time. This is the fifth appearance of God to Abraham. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the number of grace. How many of y'all believe the word of the Lord? Right? And God's going to give you more truth, but some time has passed. Amen. So let's continue and see here. The Bible says... And he said unto him, I am almighty God, walk walk before me and be thou perfect. Amen? Amen. I'm the God who can overpower any situation. I'm the God who can come to a barren situation and bring life to it. Amen? But he says, Abraham, here's what's required of you. It's not name it, claim it. He said, it's walk before me and be thou perfect. Are y'all with me here today? What is God saying to Abraham when he says to Abram here? Are y'all with me? To walk before me and be thou perfect. What's he saying to Abraham? This is what's required of you, Abraham. You need to walk before me. Hallelujah. Help me out, brother. Come here, praise the Lord, brother Thurman, please. Walk in front of me, please. Hallelujah. What's he doing right now when he walks before me, in front of me? What can I do when he's walking in front of me? Sit down, please. Amen? Now, come here. Help me again. Walk behind me. Right? I can't see him. If he's walking behind me, I can't see him. But if he's walking before me, I can see him. Are y'all with me? And so when God tells Abram here in this passage to walk before him, he's saying, I want you to walk with me in such a way that I can see you. Don't walk behind God, walk in front of God, because God wants to see you. When you walk in front of somebody, you have the, the person you walk in front of, they have the ability to see you. God says, I want you to walk in front of me. I want to see your life. How many of y'all believe that this is the God that sees everything and knows everything about us? Sometimes we have this idea that once we go home, you know, after church, that God stops being aware of who we are, where we are, and what we're doing. God is saying, walk before Him. He wants you to know that He sees everything you do. And that might bother some of us to know that God sees everything that we do, every step that we take, every word that we say, everything He sees us because we walk before Him. Hallelujah. How many of y'all want God to see your life? But there's a lot of people here today that don't have this understanding about God. They don't don't understand that God is aware of and sees everything in their life. Sometimes you think God doesn't see you. He sees you. 
He sees me because I'm walking before him. And then also I am aware of the fact that he sees me. Because I am walking before him, he sees me, but are you aware that he sees you? How many of y'all are aware this morning that he sees you? He is aware, and I am aware. He's aware of me. He's aware of where I am. He sees me, but I'm also aware of the fact that he sees me. Does that make sense? How many of y'all believe God sees you? Everywhere you go, if you walk before him. But are you aware that he sees you. I'm aware that he sees Are you aware that he sees you? If you ought to give the Lord praise. That's why when you go home, you can't live a, a, another lifestyle. You can't be one thing when you come to church and another thing when you go home. You've got to be the same everywhere because God doesn't just see you here. God sees you everywhere. He sees you in your house. He sees you what you're doing. But are you aware of that reality that he sees me? Hallelujah. He sees me right now. He sees you right now. And I'm aware of the reality that God sees me. Give the Lord praise in this house. So he says to Abram, he says, walk before me. I want to see you and I want you to be aware of my presence and that I do see everything you do. And then he says to Abram, and be thou perfect. Okay, here we go. Now people get out their lexicons. And they look at the word perfect and they're going to say, okay, well, what does the word perfect mean? You know, it doesn't really mean perfect, does it? So let's study the word perfect because it can't mean perfect. It's got to mean something else. But God said to Abram to walk before him and be thou perfect. Hallelujah to the land. The word perfect, let me just put it to you this way, means perfect. That's what it means. You know what God expects of you and me? He expects perfection. Amen? So he said, well, he's not talking about sinless perfection. Okay, well, have it, whatever. But I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He tells us to walk before him and be thou perfect. Now, I don't think that any of us ever arrive at sinless perfection, but that doesn't mean that we should not strive for it. Come on, don't give yourself an excuse by taking your lexicon out and saying the word perfect doesn't mean perfect. It does mean perfect. I'll save you some time. That's what God requires of you and that's what God requires of me. Perfection. Now whether or not I get to that level, that's a totally different thing. That's my problem, not God's. But never say to anybody that God will accept anything less than perfection from you and perfection from me. Never accept that. Because what God says I want from you is perfection. I can't give myself an excuse for not being perfect. Hallelujah. I'm not. But I still must strive for perfection. I must strive for sinless perfection. I must strive for maturity. I must strive to be wholehearted. When you go through the Word of God, the Bible gives you examples of people that were perfect before the Lord. Perfect before the Lord. 
Are y'all with me? That means they were wholeheartedly devoted and dedicated to God. God wasn't second place in their life. God was number one in their life. God wasn't a side dish on the table. He is everything on the table. Are y'all with me right now? God can't be number two in your life. God must be number one in my life and your life. And if you say I'm not perfect, then you must be strong for perfection. How many of y'all hear the word of God today? How many of you want the blessings of the Lord in your life? It's not name it and claim it. It's walking with the awareness that God sees you. It's walking before God. Aware that God sees me and, and I know that God sees me. I'm walking in front of Him. I want to live for Him. And when I live for Him, I'm going to strive for absolute and total perfection. I'm not going to give myself any excuses. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I'm talking about every area of your life. Are y'all with me here today? Every area of your life, when people look at the way you live, do they see perfection? Or do they see a lifestyle of excuses? Hallelujah. How many want to glorify God? Walk before Him and be thou perfect. Be thou perfect in your business. Be, be perfect in the way you take care of your home, your house. Be perfect, hallelujah, to the Lamb and the decisions that you make. Be perfect in your... Come on, somebody. Are you with me here today? Be perfect in your walk with God. Be perfect spiritually. Yes, strive for sinless perfection. But be perfect. We must stop giving ourselves an excuse to live below perfection. Because God comes to us and he says, this is what I want from you. I want you to walk before me. And I want you to be what? Perfect. Stop making excuses for your life. Hallelujah. Stop making excuses for your failures. Stop making excuses for not being responsible. Stop making excuses for the mess that's there. Stop making excuses. You say, well, I'm just not perfect. Forget that excuse. Say, God has called me to be perfect. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If I'm walking before him and I'm being perfect, that means he can't be number two in my life. I can't just come to church and come, you know, just because I want the blessings of God. Hallelujah. He will test you in that area. What is important to you and what is not important to you. He's got to be number one. We got to walk before him and we need what? Perfection. How many of y'all are perfect this morning? In the eyes of Jesus, you are by the blood, but I'm talking about in reality by your life. Are you perfect? Walk before him and be thou perfect. Stop making excuses. Help me preach. Look at your neighbor and tell him. Help. And I'm not telling you to slap anybody this morning. I'm just asking you to help me preach. Tell him you need to be perfect because Jesus said it. God said it. Hallelujah. If they don't want to hear it, then you might slap them. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't really want to say that. Turn the woman of God loose back there. She might come slap me. Hallelujah. Amen. Are y'all hearing the word of God today? Help me preach. Look at your name and say, He wants you to be perfect. That's what He requires. Woo. That'll straighten your life out, won't it? I said, that'll straighten your life out, won't it? 
that'll remove the excuses that's in my life to live beyond below perfection amen hallelujah to the left i want to be perfect before my god i want to strive with everything i want to put forth the energy and the effort in my life to be perfect before my god somebody say praise the lord hallelujah are you sweating yet you shouldn't be. I'm doing all the work. You just get to sit there. Amen. He's a hundred years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Hallelujah. But it is in this situation, you see what God is saying? Here's what you need to do. You need to walk before me and you need to be perfect. If you do that, then I will make my covenant with you. I'll give you more details about the covenant. And will multiply thee exceedingly. How many of you want God to multiply you exceedingly? Well, I had two or three. For the two or three that just responded to that, get ready for a, a blessing coming your way. For those of you who are just sitting there and you're complacent and you're asleep, okay? But for those of you who want something to change in your life and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, hallelujah to the land. You're tired of the mess that's in you and in your family and in your house and all the stuff and you want something to change, then God has given you an answer. Walk before him and be thou perfect. He said, I will make my covenant with thee. Hallelujah, give him praise. And will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, I love the response of Abraham. Look at this. What does he do? He don't stand there prideful. He doesn't sit there prideful and arrogant. When he has the appearance of God in his life and God gives him a revelation, he falls on his face. You have two things going on here. If you fall on your face, that means you're showing respect. Amen. But he didn't just get down on his face. He fell on his face. It shows you how quickly he responded. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm going to ask you a question. How many want blessings in your life? Then you have to be quick in responding to him when he comes to you and appears to you. You have to be quick in bowing before him. If you're not quick to bow then that might be the reason why you don't have blessings in your life. Because if you respect God and you go to your face in humility before Him, which means you bow before Him and you do it quickly, that's why many people are blessed. Because when God comes to them and appears to them, they respect God and they fall to their face Quickly, They go down quickly. They humble themselves before the Lord. And that is the reason why Abraham was so blessed. is because he was willing to humble himself. He was willing to bow before his God. And he did it quickly. Hallelujah. You want to know the key to blessing in your life? you got to be fast to bow. It takes humility to get down on your face. That's why a lot of people, they won't worship God very much because they, you know, they're so prideful, uh, so concerned about their self and the way they might appear. Abraham didn't care. He said, God has appeared to me. He's given me this awesome promise, this great, hallelujah, covenant. And so now Abraham falls, bows before this God in humility. Are y'all hearing the word? This is Abraham. This is a very, very powerful man. 
but he falls on his face before God. He shows God respect. And he does it in humility. And he does it quickly. How many of y'all respect God? Amen. Then show him. Don't just talk about how much you respect God and respect the things of God. Show Him that you respect Him. Get down on your face. Bow to Him. Respond to Him when He comes to you and bow quickly. And if you'll do that, the blessings of God will begin to flow into your life. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He didn't stand in the presence of God as one equal with God. Did you hear what I said? A lot of times we come to church and we stand in the presence of God like we're equal to God. Are you here? The presence of the Lord is in this place. We need to go down before Him. We need to bow before Him. We need to show Him respect and reverence. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And if you'll begin to do that, God will begin to turn loose the blessings in your life because you bow quickly to Him. Give God a praise in the house. That's why when God moves in this sanctuary and there's altar calls that are given, you need to be the first one bowing before Him. You don't need to be hanging out in the back somewhere or walking the hallways. You need to be in the presence of the Lord bowing before Him. If you don't, there's something wrong with your pride. There's something wrong with your ego. Get down. Look at your neighbor and say, get down. Get down. Get down. In the presence of the Lord, get down. And if you'll get down in the presence of the Lord, God will raise you up. But you got to show Him respect. you got to show Him that He, that he is to be reverenced that you're not on equal ground he's greater than you he's the God of power who overpowers hallelujah somebody help me preach tell, tell somebody next to you you gotta get down in the presence of the Lord if you're quick to bow he'll be quick to bless Amen. But if you have a tendency to just kind of linger in your bowing, then the blessings will not come to you the way God wants to bless you. Because He has to see that you do respect, that you do reverence Him in the things. How many of y'all, I know I love you. I'm preaching to you. I'm trying to help you. And if you already do things, these things, God bless you. I'm showing you why you do them. Because Abraham is my daddy. Abraham is my father, spiritually speaking. And I'll do what Abraham did. That means I'm going to bow quickly to the presence of God. I'm going to get on my face. I'm going to show God I'm not equal with you. I reverence you. I respect you in my life. I put you in your rightful place. And I put myself in my place. And that's prostrate before you. I bow so I can honor God. I bow so I can respect God. How many of y'all love the Lord today? God is looking for us to walk before Him. He wants to see you in the prayer room. He wants to see me in the prayer room. Walking with Him. He wants to see us in relationship. He wants to see us bowing before Him and showing Him respect and honor. He deserves it. If you don't respect God, you won't respect anybody. You won't respect anybody. But if you respect God, amen, hallelujah to the Lamb, the blessings of God will come to you. I'm just trying to show you little things in the Word of the Lord. This man did not just go to his face. He 
fail in humility before God. I've been in services before when the presence of God was so awesome. It didn't come from the pulpit for people to, go, to, to get out of their pews and bow, but the presence of the Lord was so real in that place. I saw thousands of people get out of their pews and fall on their face before God. That doesn't mean that they could all get in the aisles, but they would turn in their pews and fall on their face before God. Are you with me here today? When the presence of the Lord comes, He's honoring you. <laughs> If God comes and you can feel His presence this morning, we don't deserve it. It's by grace. This is the fifth appearance of God to Abraham. It's by grace, Abraham. And when you understand if God comes to you, it's not because you deserve it. It's because of grace. And when He comes to you by grace, then get on your face. Grace causes me to get on my face because I know I don't understand. I don't. I don't deserve what God has given to me. I don't deserve what I'm experiencing today. It's by grace, so I get on my face in respect and honor to God. Hallelujah! Now I'm gonna slow down just a minute, okay? Because I want this to sink in. There are some things that are being preached to you that you need to put into action. Amen. A lot of times we come and we hear the Word of God and we just leave and we don't even put it into action. I'm giving you enough time to think about what's being said. You're going to have to put these things into action. If you will, the blessings of God will begin to flow by His grace to you. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. So the Bible tells us after his response, Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, the revelation of God came after the respect given to God by Abraham. How many want more revelation? Amen. Then give him more respect. Amen. Amen. So but I wish I could hear God. I wish God would reveal to me things in the Word of God. I wish God would talk to me. He will if you'll reverence Him. If you'll respect Him, more revelation will come to you. The less you respect God, the less revelation you're going to get. But the more you respect God, the more He can reveal Himself to you. How much? How many of you want more of the revelation of God? Amen. Then maybe we need to work on the word respect. Because revelation is connected to your respect or your reverence for God. Everybody here with me? Hallelujah. I want more of God. I want more of His revelation. So, in verse 4... God says this, as, as Abraham's fallen on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Are y'all here with me? If you are, say praise the Lord. Your name is Abram. That means you're a high father, an exalted father. That's what the name Abram means. He said, but I'm about to change my name, change your name, because remember in covenant there's an exchange of names. So God is fixing to change Abram's name from high father and call him Abraham, which means father of a multitude. Did you hear that? See, so God is going to give him a part of the name yod heh vav -Hey. There's two Hays in, in Genesis chapter 17, and I'm going to show you the two Hays. The two Hays that are in yod heh vav -Hey are going to be seen in chapter 17. And what, listen to me carefully, please. What God is showing you is this. 
is that the seed of God, those that are in covenant with God, are called by His name. Did you hear that? This is the revelation that God is going to give to Abram. Amen. If you're going to be in covenant with God, you need His name. All right? So that's why when we baptize in water in the name of Jesus, we don't baptize in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We baptize in the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is the highest name of God ever revealed to man. God is going to give a part of His name to Abram and Sarah, but we have the highest name, not just a part of His name, but the highest name that's ever been revealed to man. The highest name of God is the name of Jesus. Give the Lord praise. The highest name of God is not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The highest name of God that's ever been revealed to man is the name of Jesus. And the way you get His name in your life is to be water baptized in His name. So God is showing us that the people that are in covenant with Him are called by His name. So Abraham, you are going to be a father of a multitude and I'm going to change your name which means father of a multitude the Bible says in verse 5 neither shall thy name any more be called Abram but thy name shall be called Abraham I'm going to take one of the hay's out of the old hay vav hay and I'm going to put it in your name hallelujah do you hear what he's saying this is the mark of distinction that people of God that are in covenant with God they're called by his what his name, hey. So the Bible tells us, Hallelujah, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations will have I made thee. Amen. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Now I want you to think about that. How many children does he have at that time? He's got one. One, Ishmael, 13 years of age. Ishmael's walking around. All he's got is one kid. That's it. And God says, I'm going to call you Abraham, which means you're a father of a multitude. So every time somebody would call him Abraham, they would say, you're a father of a multitude. And look at his children had one. Amen? So, so really, when you look at it, you know, it's not, it's not adding up. That this man is Abraham, a father of a multitude. He's only got one kid. So for a while, Abraham's going to have to carry that name around. And he's going to be mocked. And he's going to be made fun of. Abraham, you've only got one child. Abraham, you've only got one child. He's got to carry that name for a while without any manifestation of what his name means. And people are going to laugh at him and mock him and make fun of him. Hallelujah. The father of a multitude with one kid. But that's what God said. You're going to be a father of a multitude. Hallelujah. He had already told Abraham to go out. He said, look up in the heavens and count. Look at the stars and count them. He said, this is going to be your seed. You with me? Like the stars of heaven. He's got one kid. Now his name's been changed. He's got part of the name of God, uh, the hay there. And, and he's, he, his name means father of multitude, but he's only got one kid. So amen, by faith, he's going to wear that name, even though people are going to mock him, I'm sure, and make fun of him. Hallelujah to the Lamb. 
So I just hear the Holy Ghost talking. See, God comes to you and He makes promises and, and these various things. And people look at it and they go, yeah, right, whatever, yeah. Amen. You don't see it right now. But you just wait. I said, you just wait. God is going to work a miracle and you will become a father of a multitude, Abraham. Are y'all hearing this today? Give God praise. Just because you don't see it right now, you have to trust God. You have to believe God. God's made promises to some of you. You're, you are afraid to even tell anybody. God has showed you things in the Spirit that you're afraid to tell anybody because if you do, they're going to laugh at you. But it was from God. It wasn't your own imagination. It was from God. Hallelujah. There are some of you right now that in your womb, hallelujah, you are going to be the producer of multitudes of spiritual seed. And God has already showed it to you in vision. He's already showed it to you in the Spirit. And when you do tell other people about it, they laugh at you because they don't see it manifested in your life. But God gave you the promise. Hallelujah. There is going to be a seed, spiritual seed that's going to come out of your life because God showed you. Hallelujah. And I'm just telling you right now, as you go forth and you tell everybody these things and these promises and these visions that God has showed you, they're going to laugh at you. That's all right. Go ahead and laugh because God's going to have the last laugh. One child and you're the father of a multitude. <laughs> so God will tell him, yeah, you're going to have a son and we're going to call him Isaac. Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. <laughs> and there will be three that will laugh and we'll see this as we progressively go through it Abraham will laugh Isaac are you kidding me I'm 100 years old and Sarah she's 90 and we're going to 99 and 100 and we're going to have a child <laughs> Abraham laughed and then the Bible tells in the 18th chapter that Sarah laughs <laughs> and then God gets the last laugh <laughs> Call him Isaac. Itzhak, Itzhak, Itzhak. Even the name has laughter in it. Itzhak, Itzhak, Itzhak. <laughs> That's all right. You go ahead. You laugh. You laugh. You mock. You laugh. You, you, you do it in unbelief. Hallelujah. Some do it with joy because God has showed them. They laugh with joy. Abraham laughed with joy. Sarah will laugh with unbelief, but God will have the last laugh and Isaac will be born. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So if people want to mock you and laugh at you, then, ha, 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 yeah, God will have the last laugh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it. I just love God. I love. See, God has a sense of humor in case you don't know it. <laughs> Call his name Isaac, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But you will be a father of a multitude. Your name says that, but you only got one child. That's it. And everybody, man, they're going to laugh at you and mock your name. <laughs> Hey, Abraham, I'm thankful today for the kind of God I serve. Is this the God that you serve, or do you serve a different God? This is the God that I serve. Are y'all with me? He calls those things that be not as though they were. You hear what I'm telling you? You may not see it manifesting in your life, but when God speaks, it says, 
Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, it's just as if, if, if God says it, it's just as good as done. It doesn't matter if the enemy tries to hinder it. It doesn't matter what people think. They can laugh and they can mock and all of this stuff. But if God says it, it's just as good as done. Amen. doesn't matter if people laugh. So Abraham, your name is a father of a multitude even though you got one kid. Amen. Are y'all here? Give the Lord another hand clap because he's worthy. He deserves it. I said he deserves it. Look at your neighbor and laugh when they go, ha, 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 ha. Oh, y'all are so cool. Amen? God, you didn't know God laughs, did you? God laughs. That's the kind of God I serve. Hallelujah. I love him. He's just an awesome. It's awesome to live for God. I mean, it, it, it's just the most exciting thing you could ever do is to live and walk with this God and to serve him. And for you to try to do it on your own and live on your own and do all this. Are you kidding me? There's some people that, that mock Jesus Christ, say amen, that he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Someday they will bow before him and kiss his hand. Hallelujah. Some of y'all just have so much pride and so much ego, you won't get up out of your pew to do anything. You won't get out of your hand, your pew to worship Him. You won't get out of your pew to get on your face because you're so... I'm just going to tell you, and I love you, but I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost has been speaking to me. Some of us are too self-absorbed. We need to stop being self-absorbed and get God-absorbed. You need to get yourself off the throne and get Jesus Christ on the throne. Hallelujah. And stop being so self-absorbed. That goes for every one of us. It goes for my family and everybody here. You are too self-absorbed. You need to get God absorbed. You need to get full of God. You need to get hallelujah to the Lamb. You have to get the uh, you need to get so much of God you can get up out of your pew and praise him. You need to get so much of God that the fire of God in you will overcome the problems and the troubles in your life. You need to get so full of God that you'll get in a prayer room and just fall in love with him and desire a relationship with him. Too self-absorbed. Hallelujah to the Lamb. That's all right. Praise God. When the blessings of God are flowing to other people, don't get mad. Because they put themselves off the throne. They stopped being self-absorbed and they got absorbed with Jesus Christ. He became everything to them. And when the blessings begin to come to them, don't get mad because it was for you too, but you just would not listen. Well, you can't be self-absorbed, not in this faith, not in Christianity. It's got to be about Jesus. It's got to be about honoring Him and not yourself. It's about giving glory to God and not yourself. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb. I'm just going to give you a little testimony. When I was testifying to that successful businessman, I, he was looking at the house, you know, and everything, and I said, I'm going to tell you something. If God wants that, He can have that too. I said, if he wants that, he could have that too. He just looked at me. That's real with me. Because God, it's all about God. He's an awesome God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's the kind of God I serve. What kind of God do you serve? Hallelujah to the Lamb. 
the father of a multitude I'm going to bless you exceedingly how how God how God look at you there say God I believe with all my heart I enjoy living for God I really do when the enemy comes and attacks and tries to shut down everything and you know tell you it's the end it's all going to be destroyed it's all going to fall apart I love to see God step in and just laugh at the devil just laugh at him hallelujah he's the God of glory the Bible says the God of glory appeared to Abraham this is the fifth time he comes to Abraham it's in a it's, it's by grace the God of glory you know what glory mean in the Hebrew it's kabod the kabod of God hallelujah that means heavy that means weighty when God starts manifesting his presence that's the glory the glory of God is the manifest presence of God when God starts manifesting his his presence that means kabod weighty he's heavy he's heavy in blessings hallelujah hallelujah I like to put it this way amen when God starts throwing his weight around that's the glory of God when God starts throwing his weight around his kabod there's a song I heard on the radio there's a there's a, evidently a musician that goes and plays you know music Christian music and, and and there's people that show up to listen to him play this Christian music and he wrote a song about God you take over if you want to God amen hallelujah don't let it be about me let it be about you if you want to step in and you want to take on hallelujah take it over just take it over he said just take the whole thing over just come in and sh hallelujah throw your weight around God look at your neighbor and say God is throwing his weight around God is heavy he's weighty in blessing the glory of God the heavy God heavy heavy in power heavy in blessing Kabod. Y'all are just, you know what's happening to me this morning? Y'all are just so like so hungry and thirsty. You're just pulling stuff out of me. Amen. And God knows that you're thirsty. And God knows that you're hungry. That's why there's a river that's flowing. He knows that, you see. It's not just so I can get up here and show off. God is showing off. Hallelujah. He wants to give you water to drink. He wants to give you bread to eat. He knows how thirsty and how hungry you are. That's why there's a flow coming out of me right now. Because you are so thirsty. You're pouring it out of me. You're hungry. You're pouring it out of me. Give God the praise of this house. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. It's just dry. It's just flowing. Hallelujah. Because you are so hungry and you are so thirsty. And God says, I'm going to water you today. I'm going to feed you today. I'm going to manifest myself. Give the Lord praise. The glory of God. The commode. Help me preach, help me preach. If you'll help me preach, you'll get that anointing. Help me preach, say that. God is heavy in blessing. The kabod, the weighty, the God of weight. Amen. Now some of you, there's blessings right around the corner. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to give you a key. If you want to manifest it in your life, if you want the glory of God to be manifested in your life, you're going to have to give Him glory. 
He is the God of glory. He's God. He's a He's Kabot. He's the God of glory. He's the God that's heavy with blessing. But the Bible says, Give him glory. Give him doxa. And he will manifest his power and his glory in your life as you give him glory. There's blessings right around the corner of your life. But you're going to have to give him glory. Because in the atmosphere of praise, when you give him glory, he manifests power. When he manifests his power, he manifests his word. But it's hallelujah. God, praise in this house. But he manifests his power. He manifests his word in the atmosphere of people giving him doxa. I'm going to say it again. God has already got blessings for some of you right around the corner. But you're going to have to praise him. You're going to have to give him glory. Because he can shut those doors. Cause the side post of the doors to shake. Cause the natural world to shake as you cry holy, holy, holy. As you give him glory. The Bible says the doors, hallelujah, the posts of the doors of the house were shaken. But you've got to give him glory. He gives you spirit so you can give him glory. Right now as you're praising him, the natural world, the, the things, hallelujah, the, the, the posts of the, of the temple are being shaken right now as you give him glory. Somebody shout the name of Jesus in honor of the only true God. I don't want anything hindering what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Ultimately, it's about Him getting the glory anyway. But if I can't put myself in a position of worshiping Him. Come on, everybody. You may, you got a tongue, don't you? God gave you a tongue. You know why He gave you a tongue? So you can shout the praises of, of Him. That's why He gave you a tongue. So you can tell Him, I love you, Jesus. You're awesome, God. You're great, God. There's nobody like you. I glorify you. I magnify you. And when you do, that's what's going to make the difference in your life over other people's lives. Because you give Him glory, He manifests His presence. You can't hear from God. You can't hear His voice. Give Him glory. His word is upon the waters. Hallelujah. You need manifestation of power in your life. Give Him glory. His power is upon the waters. Give God praise in this house. He can do anything. Woman of God, woman of God, lay hands on Sister Amelia, please. Melvis, woman of God, lay hands on her. Let's believe God right now, church, as you're worshiping God in the spirit of praise. 
Hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says when Moses passed from this earth, his strength was not abated. He did not die because he was ravaged with disease and sickness and weakness. He, he passed into the presence of God because God just came and took him. In the mighty name of Jesus, God can touch her and strengthen her right now. That her strength be not abated. So when she's ready to go home, it's simply because God comes by and takes her spirit Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Send up a high praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He makes you, he just makes your eyes pop out. He's just... He's better than good, brother. Be thankful that you that God found you, man. Because what He's revealed to you is, is just so awesome, man. I mean, yeah, hallelujah. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Be a worshiper, my brother Joshua. Be a worshiper. Hallelujah. Be a worshiper. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. He's worthy of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. <coughs> so now Abraham has a part of the name of God, the hay of your or the hay of Elohim. He said in verse 8, I will give unto thee, to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. Thou will be there, God. He promised him land. He promises him the soil here, the land, the promised land. You know, Wednesday we talked about that Jesus is better than the promised land and that he's better than the Sabbath day and all of that. But I want you to understand something today. That does not negate the fact that God gave the land to Israel. It belongs to them. Are y'all with me here today? Give God praise. Give him praise. <clears throat> and God will keep his covenants. He will keep his covenants. The Bible says, and God said unto Abraham, notice now the name change, Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. What is the stipulations of the covenant that he must keep? What must he do in order to keep this covenant? In verse 10, God reveals it to him. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. Amen. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money or any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised 
and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. So now God reveals to Abraham details of the covenant that he did not know before. And he tells Abraham, this is what you need, amen. Hallelujah. The seed of God has the name of God in it. But also Abraham, accompanying that, he says you're going to have to be circumcised. This is the token or the sign of the covenant between God and Abraham, the seed of Abraham. Are you all with me? If you are, give God the praise. Amen. So they were to physically circumcise that male child at eight days, the time of eight days. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the perfect time even medically to do that. That's when the blood will, will coagulate properly. So the eighth day which speaks of new beginnings. God's going to enter into covenant with people. And he said the sign of that covenant is you're going to take that male child at eight years of age. You're going to circumcise them. Are you all with me here today? If you are, give God praise. And when you, take, when you cut that foreskin off of that flesh, it's a picture of the removal of flesh and the dependence upon the flesh. And when you take that circum and you circumcise, there's going to be blood that will come. It is a picture of the blood covenant. Are y'all with me? Give God praise. Amen. Are you hearing that today? In the New Testament, the Bible tells us now in the time that we live <clears throat> that this has been changed. It is no longer required to be circumcised physically, although you may choose to do that with your child. But the covenant, the Bible tells us, the uh, sign of the covenant now in the New Testament is in Colossians chapter 2. Let's turn there, please. The Bible tells us here in Colossians 2, beginning with verse 8, that the physical circumcision has been changed now. And what is it? What is it? What is that that we do today that puts us in covenant with God? How, where is the blood applied? When is the blood applied? The Bible tells us, amen, let me get there. Galatians, Ephesians, and then Philippians, and then Colossians 2. Are you there? The Bible says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Chapter 2, verse 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Are you with me here? Amen. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So then Colossians chapter 2, the Bible tells us that the New Testament circumcision is circumcision that's made without hands. It's no longer the physical circumcision, removal of the foreskin of the, of the male child at eight days old. It is water baptism. Did you see what the Word of God says? Some people say baptism is not important, it's not required. The Bible shows me that to be in covenant with God, in the Old Testament you had to be physically circumcised. In the New Testament, to be in covenant with God, you must be water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? Because to be a part of the covenant seed, you have to have the name of God and to be circumcised. So when you get water baptized in the New Testament, that's the New Testament circumcision, and that's when you get the name of God in your life. That's what puts you in covenant with God. I'm trying to show you something. Abraham did not know this detail about the covenant until 14 years after he was in a blood relationship with God. 
And God comes to him and gives him progressive revelation, which we, we know what the truth is now. Are y'all here with me? And God is showing him, the covenant seed have my name. And the covenant seed, the people that belong to me in covenant, are circumcised. How many of y'all are glad you're water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? If you are, give God a hand clap of praise. Do you understand this? So what does Abraham do? Well, it must be obeyed. Amen. So the Bible tells us, as we go on and read, Scripture says, God says something very important. He says, And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So this is the warning, Abraham. If you do not obey this command of circumcision, then they will be cut off. Are y'all with me? Look at it very carefully. The warning here. These are the people that are outside of the covenant. Amen? That soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. People who refuse to be water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, once they've been showed that truth, some people don't know that truth. But once they're showed that truth that they reject it, they are breaking the covenant. Because the Bible is very clear that it's water baptism in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter uh, 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts 19, so on and so forth. All tells us it, it must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad today I'm in covenant with the Lord. Amen. I don't want to break that covenant. So there's a warning that comes to us if we refuse to be circumcised. We've broken the covenant with God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for the truth. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shalt be her name. Isn't that beautiful? That is so awesome. I just love the Word of God. He said, I'm going to take the other hay that's in yod hay bav hay. I've already put one of those hays in your name, Abraham. And now I'm going to take the other hay in yod hay bav hay, and I'm going to put it in the name of Sarah, and she shall be called Sarah. Do you see that? Give God praise. That might not seem significant to you, but it's very significant because the, the hey, the Hebrew letter hey, means the breath of God. Amen. The breath of God. Somebody say, hey. Now, now don't do it right directly in their face because you... <laughs> go, hey. The hey is the breath of God. It's the wind of God. If you understand that, in the Greek it's pneuma, it's the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And I don't know if you realize it or not, not only are you water baptized in Jesus' name and in covenant with God as a, as, um, a result of that, but you also have the hay inside of you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When, on the day of Pentecost, when Jesus began His church, when God began His church, the Bible says there came a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as the fire set upon each of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the breath of God. It was the hay. Hallelujah. It was the wind of God. So when you talk about the hay, you're talking about getting the Holy Ghost. You got the hay inside of you this morning. Say, hey! hey. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. 
the wind of God, the breath of God. But it's also connected to a word which is behold. It's connected to a word which means to shout. So when God gives one of the hays out of yod heh to Abraham, notice where he puts it. He puts it in the center of Abraham's name. It shows, are you with me here? Amen. The beginning of things are in Abraham. See, if you want to understand your Bible, you have to understand Abraham. If you get Abraham, you got the Bible. Okay? Because redemption is going to begin in Abraham. The seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ. You understand that? Messiah is coming out of Abraham. He's the beginning. Are you with me here? Now, Sarah, hey, is placed on the end of the name of Sarah. So she represents the end time church. Abraham represents the former reign. And Sarah represents the latter reign. Are y'all here today? So when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you, you, hallelujah, you experience Jesus, the seed of Abraham. The promise of Abraham is coming inside of you. If you want to know the scripture to help you understand that Galatians 3 will teach you these things. Are you all with me? So you got the spirit. you got the hay inside of you. And if you do, hallelujah, Sarah represents the end time church. It represents the latter rain. So if you've got the hay in you today, get ready because the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, for the Lord himself shall descend from, from heaven with a what? A shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That we which are alive and remain shall caught up, be caught up together with them to meet them. Hallelujah. Meet the Lord in the air with them. Hallelujah. Anyway, you know the scripture. You getting it? So Sarah is the shout. Sarah is, hey, come up here. You with me? Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. It's the hay in Abraham and the hay in Sarah that will produce Messiah. Messiah is coming out of them. He's the seed. Are y'all with me here today? Hallelujah. Give God praise. So Abraham represents the, the first rain, the, the early rain. Hallelujah. And Sarah represents the latter rain. Give God praise. And if you study the prophets, that tells you, it's not just talking about the outpouring of the Spirit, but the, the, the early rain and the latter rain are connected with the both comings of Jesus. So the first coming, Abraham is a picture of Jesus in his first coming, and Sarah is a picture of Jesus in his second coming. The early rain is his first coming, connected to his first coming, and the latter rain is connected to his second coming. So you see that through Abraham and through Sarah, Jesus will come. He's the seed of Abraham that will bring redemption to mankind and salvation for you and the world. Amen. Give God praise in this house. The two hays are what produce the Messiah, if you understand what I'm saying. He is the true seed of Abraham that will redeem mankind and save the world. Are y'all here today? So we have Abraham the Alpha. We have Sarah the Omega pictured here. The former reign and the latter reign. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you through the seed of Abraham we're redeemed. Through the seed of Abraham the world will be saved. Not everybody in the world, but the world. And there will be a new creation. Do you understand what your pastor is saying? So when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the what? The early rain connected to the first coming of Jesus. But there is going to be a company of people called the bride. There is a picture of the bride that will have the other hay. 
And the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to come and He's going to say, Hey, are you ready? Come up hither. And when you do, this Sarah, the H that's in the hay that's in Sarah, is going to be fulfilled. The church is going to be raptured at the shout. Hey, are y'all with me? How many, are, y'all, are y'all ready? Some of you got Abraham, the hay in you. You got the spirit in you. But are you ready for the shout? Are you ready for the behold? We've already taught this to you before. When the bridegroom goes to get his bride, you know what he shouts? In that culture, in the Hebrew culture, you know the story. After that young man, you know, he's betrothed to her and he goes and prepares a place either adjacent to his father's house or in his father's house after he gets through preparing that place and in the father's house or adjacent to the father's house when he's got that all done, then he's got to go get his bride. And he normally goes at night. And she has to be dressed in her wedding garment. She has to be ready. She has to be prepared. Because the bridegroom's going to come in an hour that she doesn't know. Normally at night. And when the bridegroom comes, you know what he shouts? Hey, are you ready? And she's got to get up and leave her house with all of her bridesmaids. And they make their journey to the Father's house. You got the spirit, hallelujah, Jesus on the inside of you. But are you ready for him to come back to you, for you as the bridegroom? When he comes, you better have your wedding garments on. You better be ready, because he's going to shout, hey, are you ready? And when he shouts, you're going to take off. It's called the rapture of the church. So that's why you see this, all right? Y'all with me here? Give the Lord praise. In case you don't know it, and just in case you don't know it, I'm going to tell you something. The Jewish theologians saw these things in the Bible in connection and relationship to the coming of the seed of Abraham, the Messiah. They saw these truths. Amen? These two hays. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Give the Lord a praise. You're saying, Pastor, you're too heavy for me. Why am I too heavy for you? It's so basic. It's ABCs. Hallelujah. How many got the hay and you got the wind of God, the breath of God, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God? Are y'all ready to be Sarah, the end time church that will hear the hay to come up? Are you ready? I'm going to stop with that because I could really get into some heavy stuff. I could talk to you about the lower hay and the upper hay and all these things and what the hay means and how God created the heavens and the earth by the hay. But I'm not going to get into that because I feel like I've already lost you anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's through, the, through Abraham and Sarah that the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ the Messiah, will come to redeem mankind and to save the earth from destruction. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. The yoke in yod heh vav means the hand of God. Hallelujah. Two hays in the yod heh vav are in this chapter right here. Abraham the beginning, Sarah the end. But there's also a vav in yod heh vav That is a hook. That rep- that's the number. It's the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. That represents the hook is Jesus Christ who's come back to redeem man, connect us back to God. Are y'all with me here? Let me just put it to you this way. yod heh vav is Jesus. And what He will do in and through His people to redeem us, to save us, to fill us with His Spirit and come back and rapture us. And are y'all with me? And save the world. Give the Lord a praise. He's the hook that hooked me back to God. Hallelujah! 
You're going to tell me this Bible's boring? You're going to tell me the Word of God is boring? There's nothing boring about the Word of God. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So even the letters of the Hebrew alphabet teach you about Jesus, the Messiah, and what he will do through his people. There's nothing like his word. Give God praise. Give him praise. He's worthy. So God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. If you want to know who the mama is, it's not Hagar, it's Sarah. Amen. 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 It's going to be you, Abraham. You're 99 years old. Hallelujah. 99 years old. Okay. And Sarah, she's 90. And it's going to, she going to be the mama. Thank you, Lord. When God tells him that, he just breaks out into itzak, itzak, itzak. He breaks into, into laughter and he says, let Ishmael live before you. Abraham laughed. Let Ishmael, are you kidding me? I'm a hundred. I'm ninety-nine, and she's ninety. We're gonna have a baby. Are you kidding me? We haven't been in the same bedroom for years. Rick, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, all right, I'm gonna look at you like you're looking at me, like you don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, all right, fine. Hallelujah. You with me? Amen. Now, 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 something happens. The Bible says that Sarah's womb was dead. How can you get into the New Testament? I can show you this. The Bible says Sarah's womb was dead. But supernaturally, the presence of God came on Sarah when this promise was made. Are y'all with me? And as we study, we're going to see it. When he goes back down to Egypt, the king of Egypt wants Sarah. Something supernatural happened to that 90-year-old woman. She didn't look like no 90-year-old woman. You understand what I'm saying? After this promise of God, he, he comes and he regenerates her. He overpowers the situation by his power and supernaturally causes her to be able to have, give, give birth to a child. She's an absolute gorgeous knockout at 90. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. You ask me, I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you the truth. Hey, we'll see it. She goes, Abraham takes her. Hey, and the king of Egypt wants her at 90 years of age. Something happened to her. Not only was her womb, amen, restored, but her beauty was restored. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So anyway, Sarah's going to be mama. What in the world? If God came to, to, you know, praise the Lord, amen, my wife, she's, she's, you know, close to 50, and I'm 52. And if God were to come to me and say, hey, guess what, you're going to have a baby. I'm going, what, are you kidding me? At our age, praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to get into no details. But, but you think about 90 years of age and 99, God said, you're going to have a baby. Wow. It's going to be a miracle child. It's going to be a supernatural child. And so the Bible tells us what happens. I'm coming to a close here. Thank you for your time. Amen. Because you have graced the presence of the Lord. (laughs) 
I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Kings are going to come out of her. Whew. A royal seed. Amen. Y'all with me? A spiritual royal seed. Kings are coming out of her. The Bible says this. Amen. Then Abraham fell upon his face and what? He laughed. <laughs> oh boy. Why'd you laugh, Abraham? Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, with the hay, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. Thou shalt call his name Itzak, means laughter. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. It's going to be you, Abraham, and Sarah with the two hays, the seed of you with me? Abraham, which is Jesus, is going to come out of y'all. Not Abraham and Hagar, but Abraham and Sarah. Y'all understand what I'm saying to you today? And Abraham's response was laughter. Now some people say he laughed in a mocking way. Sarah did. We'll see that later on next week, God willing. Sarah laughed in unbelief. But I really think that Abraham laughed with joy. But in his mind, in his heart, the Bible says he thought, let Ishmael live before you. You know, he was willing to be satisfied with Ishmael being the promised seed of the covenant seed. But God said, no. Abraham laughed. He laughed with joy. What a great promise God told him years ago, years and years and years ago, that this would happen. And now God, listen carefully as I come to a close comes to Abraham and gives him a word of assurance. Okay? Because what you need to understand for those of you who really care, okay? What you need to understand is that sometimes God will give you promises and you don't see them happen immediately. Every one of us are like Abraham, even though he was a great man of faith. We need God to come back to us and say, you know that promise I made you? It's time for it to be fulfilled. And I just want to give you some assurance. Hallelujah. I think Abraham needed some assurance at this point. He'd been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. He just patiently waiting. You know, he got in the flesh one time with Ishmael and everything with Hagar. But anyway, so God comes to him and gives him this, that, another word of assurance. It's, it's time. It's going to happen. And I believe personally, this is just my opinion. You can debate me on it. I believe that the laughter of Abraham was a laughter of joy. That he just could not believe what he was hearing with his ears. That God was going to do this. And he knew it was going to have to, it was going to, have to be a miracle for it to happen. And Abraham laughed. Look at, say, look at your neighbor say, Abraham laughed. And God says, call, call the promised seed Isaac, call him laughter. Isn't it beautiful? The Bible says, Verse 20, God says, As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. You with me? But he's not the covenant seed. Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come out of Abraham and Sarah. Are you with me? Not 
out of Ishmael. And, 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 amen? The covenant is going to be with Isaac, a supernatural born son, not with a natural born fleshly son, Ishmael. But God says this, I am going to bless Ishmael. I'm going to bless him. He's going to multiply. He's going to grow. Hallelujah. Give God praise in the house. I'll make him fruitful. I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. I will make him a great nation. You look at Ishmael today. Most of the Arab nations have come out of Ishmael. You know how wealthy they are? You understand what I'm telling you? The Arab nation today for the most part don't even worship the true God of Abraham. They worship a false God. But they have abundant material blessings because of the promise that God made to Ishmael to, to bless them, to make them a great nation. And princes would come out of Ishmael. But they are not the covenant seed. The covenant seed are those that are connected to Jesus Christ. They can be, but they are not until they come in covenant with Jesus the true seed of Abraham. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, in practice, by way of practical application, as I come to a close, you will see many, many people in many, many churches. And there are in some churches hundreds and thousands of people in that church. But that does not mean that they are in covenant with God. It is evident that they are blessed mightily by God. With material things, physical things, blessed mightily by God. But that doesn't make them in covenant with God. Those that are in covenant with God have the name of God called over them. And they are filled with the Holy Ghost, the hay, the spirit of the living God. Amen. That's what puts you in covenant with God by the word of the Lord. This is not my doctrine. This is the Bible. And you'll see many people in churches and they are blessed. But that doesn't mean they're in covenant. Are you with me here today? Give God praise. Now, whew. the Bible goes on and tells us, you know, and this is, a, this is really a problem because, you know, sometimes people look at physical material things in people's lives and that's all good and fine, but what about the spiritual prosperity? What about being prosperous in the spirit? What about being covenant with Jesus Christ? Amen. What about spiritual blessings? These kings that will come out of Ishmael are natural earthly fleshly kings that will, will prosper and become a great nation. Amen. But they don't even know God. They, they are going to be kings physically and naturally. But what's going to come out of Abraham and Sarah is the true seed Jesus Christ and those that are connected to Him by covenant will be spiritual kings. Spiritual royalty, not just physical royalty. Y'all with me here today? King Abdullah passed away just, you know, a few days ago. King Abdullah, an Arab king. You talk about wealth, prosperity. You know what they're going to do with a man? A man, as the news said, that lived in palaces. They're going to take that man and put him in an unmarked grave. From the palace to an unmarked grave. Is that true prosperity? Well, they had the material prosperity and out of Ishmael, kings came just like God promised. He promised them that blessing. But He said, as for my covenant, my covenant will I establish with Isaac. 
which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. It was going to be a year from now, a set time. He left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Amen. That awesome. Set time, and we'll see it next Sunday, Lord willing. By this time next year, Isaac will already be here. It'll be time for manifestation. And it will be supernatural. And the covenant will be with Isaac. Abraham took Ishmael his son and all that were born in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self same day as God had said unto him. He, oh, listen to me. Did you catch that? I want you to catch this. I want you to see this. God tells Abraham the stipulations to be in covenant is to be circumcised. Okay? Now, when Abraham gets this revelation that he needs to be circumcised, he doesn't wait around. He's going to say, okay, about a month from now, two months from now, a year from now, maybe I'll get circumcised. The Bible says the self-same day. He didn't wait. When God brings His Word to you and gives you the revelation of water baptism being circumcision and that, that, that puts you in covenant with God in the New Testament and that's when you take His name, when God shows that to you, don't wait. The day you see it, if you're like Abraham, lead me to the water. The self-same day. The Bible says, you know what Abraham did? He circumcised Ishmael. He circumcised all the adult males in his house, the servants, everybody that was in his house. Amen? It was important. He obeyed the covenant stipulations the same day. It would not be painful for the children, for the child. But Ishmael's 13. That would be painful. Amen? A child at eight days of eight, eight days old in that Old Testament economy of being circumcised, they wouldn't feel the pain. But you take full grown males, adult males, and you circumcise their foreskin, that is very, very painful. In fact, the Bible tells us we have a record in the book of Genesis where some men, Shechem, got circumcised and they were so, they were in pain for, so much pain for days they couldn't even defend themselves. They were sore. It was painful. I'm trying to tell you that when you obey the covenant of God, sometimes it's painful. These are adults. It's gonna hurt. Are you here with me today? See, and that's why some people, they don't, want to, they don't want to take on the name of Jesus. They don't want to get water baptized in Jesus' name because it might create a little bit of discomfort in their life. It might be a little pain for them. They might not be accepted by the religious world anymore. Are you here with me? I don't, know, I don't know why people are not wanting to be. But I'm just telling you, God gives you a principle that sometimes to be in covenant with Him, it will be painful. But He didn't wait. He obeyed God. That self-same day. Amen. Amen. And as you study the Word of God in the book of Exodus in the fourth chapter, there's a man by the name of Moses. He's walking along and he hasn't circumcised his son. And God's ready to kill him. Did you hear what I said? God's ready to kill him because Moses has broken the covenant. 
You don't think it's important? God was ready to kill Moses because Moses hadn't obeyed that promise. Are you with me here? And the Bible tells me in the fourth chapter that Moses' wife gave him the knife in order to do it. And he's, then, then when he cut, when he circumcises the son, the wife says, you're a bloody husband to me, Moses. Amen? I'm just telling you it's important to God. So important, it almost cost a man his life. Amen. Give God praise. And if the type is that important, I said if the type is that important, how important is New Testament circumcision, which is water baptism in Jesus' name? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Okay. So, he does it immediately that day in verse um, 25. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house born in his house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. His seed is called by his name and his seed have been circumcised. Amen. What a great God we serve. And we're going to see when Abraham obeys God, the stipulations of that covenant, then the promises, the promise comes. And we're going to see beyond these chapters, Isaac is going to be born. Amen. Just like God said he would do. Amen. He's a wonderful God. Let's stand and let's give him praise. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the anointing, the inspiration, the times you moved in this service this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, also for the time where we just taught your word to your people so they could see it and they could understand it and walk in clarity.